And I would go so far to say this, I think that reconciliation and forgiveness is the most important thing in the body of Christ. Welcome to Pastor Talk. My name is Joe Wiegert. I'm the worship pastor here, and today we have Josh Winters. He's my brother-in-law, and he is the uh, junior high youth director. And today we're going to be talking about forgiveness and uh, and the Bible and what the Bible says about forgiveness, and also maybe some stories about forgiveness in our own lives. Yeah, yeah. So. Uh, I guess just starting us off, do you, when you think of forgiveness in your own life, yeah, is there something that comes to mind? I know you had um, kind of a difficult thing going on at your <laughs> your last church that you were a part oh, of, yeah, yeah. and um, so that's kind of what came to my mind. But if something else came to your mind, I mean, feel free to share. Yeah, yeah, no, so. I mean, that's not the first thing that came to my mind, actually. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, well, that's good. Maybe you, you forgave you, you, and uh, moved past that one. <laughs> you guys will have to uh, look at the last one I was on for that story. Oh, did you say that on yeah. the last one? Yeah, I did. I did talk about that the last one. Oh, interesting. Um, just, you know, God's planning and that kind of stuff. But, um, yeah, the first thing that comes to my mind was actually uh, just growing up, um, my father, as soon as he found out my wife or my mother was pregnant, kind of dipped mm-hmm. and haven't met him, haven't seen him, all of that kind of stuff. I did the typical things, um, said that I forgave him and all of that kind of stuff. When I was 10 years old, my grandparents on that side and uh, half sisters, I still kept in touch with them. But when my mom actually went for child support, they disowned us from the family. Hmm. So then from 10 on, I didn't even see them. Sorry. Um, And like in my heart, I thought I forgave them. Mm -hmm. Like I thought I did the right thing and I thought I forgave them. I thought I I did all of that kind of stuff. I could even fake pray for them. Um, All Just everything looked good until... Second year at college, uh, the college that I met your sister at, um, right before we got married, I got a letter in the mail from my grandparents on my dad's side. Mm-hmm. And sitting at my just desk. Start, oh, yeah. Everything No, just like everything was frustrating. Up. And I, I actually sat down and I wrote a letter. And I think I put every curse word in that I could find just to prove my point. And then I'm like, I can't send this. <laughs> like, like God actually was like, and here we are. Now you know what you need to work on. Mm-hmm. So I, you know, I kind of reached out to them. But yeah, that that's where I'm like, this isn't true forgiveness. I'm so mad at them that I just want to like make them feel shame for everything they've done. And I, I think that like you and I have a similar type of personality in this way and mm-hmm. that it's easier for us to just move on yeah. sometimes and just forget. Yeah. And yeah. that, so that most things I think just kind of roll off. Right. And right. don't stick at all. But I, I think, I think it wasn't until a few years ago that 
I had something hmm. that I just couldn't do that with yeah. at all. And um, I think there's a lot of people lately that have been talking about unity, like Francis Chan yeah. and, and, different, and different people um, in the church. And uh, Francis Chan goes so far to say that if you don't value unity in the church, then your values don't match up with Jesus' yeah. values because he does value it so much. And in the in the New Testament, we have laid out like such a beautiful way to reconcile with one another. Yeah. And I think it's not until you have have to go through something that's really painful. Yeah. It's it's one thing to just like look on the outside and say, look, this is what you should have done. This mm-hmm. is what you should do to someone else in that situation. But when you have to when you have to go through it yourself. Um, yeah. I think it's a very, very different thing. Yeah, yeah. And intellectually, you can be thinking, this is how I should feel in this moment. Mm-hmm. I should forgive. I should, you know, hand this over to God. Mm-hmm. But man, until you're, until you're faced with that, it doesn't, right? like, the expectation and, rea- like, and reality are different. Right. <laughs> you know what you expect. You know what should be true. But then you're faced with it, and that's not always the decisions that we make in that spur-of-the-moment situation. Like with Jesus, when, they, when the disciples asked Jesus how many times they should forgive, yeah, um, he literally just gives them a, uh, he says, 70 times 7, yep. which to them would have been an expression meaning yes. every single time. Like yep. there's not a time <laughs> where you shouldn't forgive. And so when we have things done to us, uh, whether real or imaginary, it doesn't matter. When we feel like we've been wronged, it is difficult to forgive, and we often have the wrong mindset because our definition of forgiveness mm-hmm. is feeling good yes. like towards the other person. Like If we can't think about that person without being upset, then we haven't forgiven. But I think that that only comes... Like our emotions, we, we, we struggle our entire life. Like you grow yeah. up and you have these emotions and your whole childhood life is learning to deal with emotions. Your yeah. whole teenage life is dealing with emotions. And if you haven't learned how to deal with things, then your entire adult life will be as well. And I, our entire adult lives are anyway, I think, a lot learning how to um, deal with emotions in a way that honors God. Mm-hmm. And so when we choose to forgive, it might we might have to choose in that situation to forgive over and over yeah. when it yeah. comes to mind. Because just like what you said, I've had things that I thought I've forgiven. And then a couple years later, you're driving down the road and a thought just pops in my head. And all of a sudden, like, I'm like getting so angry. You like want to, I'm just going to quit this and I'm going to do this. And I'm just, I'm done with it all. I never want to see those people again. Nothing even happened. Yeah. Yeah. You just, you just had a random thought and then you went with it instead of taking every thought captive and saying, no, I choose to forgive. I choose to forgive and I choose to move on. Mm-hmm. in forgiveness. Yeah. I mean, I, I think the beautiful thing about like the way God created us is one, we do have emotions. We are spurred on for things. We, we do have that ability, but man, he's given us such a capable mind, a will to choose things. Um, 
like with forgiveness and you can insert almost everything that society put on as emotion, mm-hmm. right? Cause sometimes I wake up and I absolutely do not want to go to church. <laughs> like it's the last thing I want to do. I want to get in a couple extra hours in and that kind of stuff. But because it's something that God has put on my life and I just want to be grumpy, I need to choose to love and be content where God has me. Mm-hmm. I need to choose all of those types of things. And yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's not different for forgiveness. And I mean, you bring up a, a, a good point too, because we, in our minds, we don't easily forget things. The phrase forgive and forget, I hate that phrase. I hate it. Like I hate it with a passion. Like there's some minor things like, you accidentally trip me or something. I'm like, yeah, whatever. It, it does. It's not a big deal. But when you have big circumstances coming on in your life, it could almost be dangerous to forget that this is going on. Like God doesn't call us just to go back into a same sinful environment or a same, you know, people that are taking advantage of and, and using and, and all of that kind of stuff in our life. You also brought up a, a ministry of reconciliation that we have. Man, that's a big part of forgiveness is there is no way that you two, two believers in Christ can be reconciled together if there's not forgiveness. But then it's also, I forgive you. Now let's bring you into a right relationship with God himself. I think this is all the beautiful aspect of forgiveness. And man, we, we oftentimes just let our emotions dictate things. We just let it happen. And man, we can so easily get caught up in all of these things. And I guarantee you when you're sitting in your car and you're thinking just angry thoughts and that pressure and that weight comes upon your shoulder, the person who wronged you doesn't care at all. Right? It, they, they don't care. Like they, they don't realize the impact of it. They don't realize that it's still affecting you. Forgiveness just, I mean, all of that is wrapped up to forgiveness is a lot of it is for you the person that is going to forgive. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and in that situation, there's there's different ways you can go. Um, you can just lay it at the foot of, of the cross yeah. and say, I give this to you, Jesus, and um, you know, I forgive this person. But many times, you need to go to that person. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the, you know, the, the Bible makes it so clear, the step, the steps of reconciliation. The um, that first you go to that person, yep. right? If it's as if a brother has wronged you, you go to them and try to resolve it. Mm-hmm. And if they don't listen to you, then you go grab somebody else, a mature believer, not someone that take your side, right. not someone that you have you know given all the information to and say this is why the other person is wrong and bring them in to then two against one this other yes. person. No, it's just someone to come in and witness this Mediate. and help it move towards, um, yeah, like an arbiter. Yep. Really, that's what it yep. is. Somebody who is um, not on either side that's just willing to come in and help two people resolve something. Yep. And then if that still doesn't work and that second person is like, yeah, this this person is not resolving this issue, that's when you bring it to the elders yep. and the pastors. So many times in the church, that's what people do first. They have an issue with somebody, they go straight to their pastor. Yeah. And um, 
and and that's dangerous. Or yeah. they go straight to somebody else, right. or they start gossiping, and that is the that is what gives the church a bad name. Yeah, yeah. and it's what um, really really damages the church. And I would go so far to say this: I think that reconciliation and forgiveness is the most important thing in the body of Christ. Hmm. And I think Jesus even says this. Yeah. When he, in uh, John 17, when Jesus is talking about us uh, being one with the Father and um, and with him and how he's one with the Father, you know, the Lord's, uh, uh, the high priest prayer, high hmm. priestly prayer yeah. that Jesus prays there. He says, and they will uh, know that you are mine, right, by uh, the love that you have for one right. another. And I think we look at churches today, and, we, and lots of people are really like, it's just, just a church full of hypocrites, right? They're just all hypocrites because they're not loving one another. I don't see people loving one another. But I will tell you that the most beautiful thing and the most loving thing that I've ever seen in the church, in any people anywhere, is when people that have hurt each other then reconcile and come back. And those people are now doing ministry with each other. Yeah. In 2020... Uh, with COVID and everything, lots of people were upset about so many different things. And I think it was just a time for people to reconsider everything in their lives. So people were switching right. jobs. People were quitting jobs, right? They yeah. uh, just, everyone was quitting. Yep. Um, and in the church, what we saw was just this great shuffling of the saints. People were just switching churches all over the place, way more than usual. Just, I'm not happy here. I'm not happy with my life. I'm I'm switching churches, and and there and through that there was also people that hurt one another, right? More than normal. And then uh, as things kept going and progressing, and time went on, a lot of those people here, specifically at LifePoint, came back and reconciled with people, yeah. and it is, it's such an amazing story. And when I see that, and I think of Jesus' words saying, and they will know you by the way that you love one another, and I see that played out, that doesn't happen anywhere else. Right. It doesn't, you don't, when you get mad at your boss, and you quit your company, and you go somewhere else, you don't come oh, yeah. back. Yeah, you're out of there. <laughs> and you'd say, yeah. I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. I I was this is what I did wrong all these different things yeah. and you get your job back like that doesn't happen and so and if it does I would bet money that those people are following Jesus yeah <laughs> because that is a that is a supernatural yeah. thing it is not something that happens um, in your flesh yeah you have to just crucify your flesh so much to, at that point that what you want, how you feel, all of that, lay it down and and do what Jesus has asked you to do, even when it doesn't look like it's going to pay off yeah. at all. And you feel so vulnerable doing those things and coming before that person. And even though you're so upset about this situation that you value Jesus and you value your yeah. relationships with um, the body... You know, Jesus calls us his body, mm-hmm. and if we hate one another, then we're literally hating our own body. Yeah. And um, 
So I, I, that's how important I think reconciliation. I think it is the most important thing yeah. for the church. Yeah. I mean, I, man, just, you know, continuing to piggyback off of those things, um, the, the steps, like God goes so far into doing that, that um, Paul's letter to the Corinthians, he's like, if, if you are taking communion and there is tension between you and a brother, you should just stop, put it down and go to that person right now. Like, go reconcile yourself with them. Go, like, build that relationship back up before you eat condemnation amongst your own body. And he says that what? This is why some of you are sick. Yes. And why some of you have died. died. Yes. And that's huge. Miss you, like, miss you, like, the, the lack of unity, the lack of forgiveness of people, and then taking on communion amongst yourself. It's huge. People are dying over mm-hmm. this. And First John, I mean, man, I love First John because he just, it's blunt. Mm-hmm. It's if you claim to be a Christian, if you say you are a Christ follower, but you walk out of this door right now and you are wronging a brother and are not forgiving, You're you are a liar. liar and, and God is not. And God is not in you. Yeah. There is no truth oh. in you whatsoever. Like, how dare we claim that we are a Christian yet we just let small things build up, build up, build up until you're actually leaving the church because of it. And it's not that, like, people will read that and be like, oh, so you're not saved if you don't forget someone? Correct. No, if if you are walking in unforgiveness, then you are not walking in the Lord's will. Right. For uh, for you in that that moment. So in that action, God is not a part. Yes. It's not It's, It's not a salvational thing. You're not... No. Losing uh, so your salvation because of it, but you forgiveness is is a is a and, demonic stronghold. Yes, yes, it's it's the enemy's foothold. Yes, if you have unforgiveness in your life, he will grab yes. onto that, and he will yep. sow bitterness, hate, anger, yes. everything yes. that he can because you are permitting him to do so. And as Jesus said, you can't serve two masters. If you are serving your hatred and your own unforgiveness then you can't serve God. Mm-hmm. Like it will taint everything in your life until you yourself are destroyed. Like that's that that's a huge implication in our life of man, what is is it worth it to as Philippians says humble myself and value somebody else over me or to drink that own condemnation upon myself. If 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 love is easy, yeah. Then it's it's not costly. Mm. It's not valuable. And when we think of the ways that we've been wronged, and very often it's somebody said something about Mm. you, right? And, uh, you you know, just, just words. They didn't, they, they didn't, you know, kill your loved ones. They didn't harm you physically. They didn't uh, steal from you. They, they didn't do all these different things that we know are really bad. They, they did something that did hurt you, but then we look at Jesus, who mm. the people who he came to save mm. not only spit on him, mocked him, but demanded his death uh, and crucified him and rejected him and made fun of him, the people he came to save. And so when we look at his act of love, and it's so difficult for us to 
put ourselves in that situation. Yeah. It's so far removed from yeah. what our life is like. But that's that's what Jesus calls us to, to die with him, right. to, uh, to yeah. place ourselves as a living sacrifice before him, and to carry the cross. Yeah. So if you are following Jesus and you expect that there aren't going to be people around you that betray you and hurt you yeah. and um, and cause you pain and humiliation. If you look at the um, the top emotions that people can feel, betrayal hmm. is it, I, I forget if it's the strongest or if it's the second, hmm. but it's one that lots of people don't ever even feel. Hmm. You know, it, betrayal. Lots of people can go through a lot of their life without feeling that one. Hmm. Um, and so I think it's it's tough for us to imagine how Jesus felt in that way. But I, for people that have been betrayed and have yeah. felt that, they know how deep it is, how how painful it is, and to move past that because it hurts you in in every way. It hurts you yeah. in your self worth. Sure. It hurts you in in your pride. It hurts you in. Uh, you know, in the way that you want to act towards that other person. Um, so if, if if love doesn't cost you something, if forgiveness isn't difficult, yeah, it's not it's not what Jesus is talking about. Right, right, yeah. I mean, you you brought up Jesus on the cross, and I mean, I mean what's one of the words he says? Forgive them. Forgive them. <laughs> like while it, he's being killed. Yeah, and you, I mean, we've talked about like forgiveness is one of those big things that that Jesus says. You said uh, forgiveness and reconciliation and stuff being like one of the most dominant things a church can show. Uh-huh. And I think, I think it boils down to we talked about it's a demonic force to, uh, on forgiveness and then something that comes straight from God for forgiveness. Mm-hmm. I think with our actions and how we respond to situations, we are either making God look beautiful or we are really making him look ugly. And we are supposed to be Christ ones, right? We're supposed to be uh, portraying Jesus to the world. And if we can't even forgive our brothers, if we can't forgive our neighbors, if we can't forgive these things, it doesn't make God look good. Mm -hmm. Like, there's nothing there that's drawing people in. And, man, it is, like, straight from God. (laughs) Um, Again, going back to to, to Philippians, the one of the most common and, I would say, misquoted verses um, is, I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. Well, the context of that isn't like, I'm just going to sprout wings and fly, and I can do all of these things, and God just like embeds me with strength, but it's Mm -hmm. actually with exactly what you're talking about. Paul is in jail. He is being abused. He's being beat. He doesn't know if he's going to be let out to die at at any given moment. And he just sits there, and he's talking about joy and rejoicing, and he says, I can do all things. Yeah. If I can I'm, if suffer I'm, through all things. Yes. I can suffer all things. Yeah. I can deal with all affliction through Christ who I gives me strength. I can forgive all things can forgive through Christ all things. who strengthens me. And it, 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 that's the context of the verse itself, is the state that Paul is in when he's saying it, 
he can do that through Christ because Christ is going to give him the strength for it. He can't do it through his own power, through mm-hmm. his own will. He can't just like strong man it and, you know, walk through the doors and ask for forgiveness. It comes straight from Christ. Christ is, is empowering him for this. You know, in the, in the sermon on Sunday, I talked about Elijah and prayer. And, you know, when we, when we pray for things and people take different parts of the Bible out of context, especially about prayer mm-hmm. and that verse, I can do all yeah. things through Christ who strengthens me. And, uh, you know, we skip over these, these different, ver- the, the qualifying verses that say, you know, in his will, <laughs> yes. according to his goodness, all, the, all these different things that help us understand what yeah. it really means. Because, you know, if I believe and I pray, dear Lord, please turn me into a chicken, like, <laughs> of course he can yeah. do that. Absolutely. But he's going to answer your prayer in the best way possible. Yeah. And when Elijah was praying, he literally asked God to kill him, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, and God answered his prayer, but not killing him, right? He brought him food, he strengthened him, yeah. and he encouraged him. Why? Because that's what Elijah actually needed in that right. prayer. And Elijah, that's not what Elijah wanted. He really did want to die. He Absolutely. really wanted to yeah. be done. And so that's where we are when we pray, that we need to be understanding that when we pray that the Lord is going to answer, but he's going to answer with what you really need. The Bible says, would you fathers, um, if, you're, if your son asks for, like, a, a bread. fish or a loaf of bread or give uh, him a rat. <laughs> yeah, give him right. Give him a scorpion. Yeah. Give him something that's bad for him. Yeah. Um. And then it says, "How much more will our Father pour out the Holy Spirit upon you?" Yeah. So it's not just ask anything. Right. Right. In this context, he's saying he's got. You ask for the Holy Spirit. He's going to pour that out upon you. In any situation, he's going to pour the Holy Spirit out on yeah. you. In forgiveness, that's what you need is yeah. um, the Holy Spirit. And so as we as we close, yeah. um, for those of you listening, I just want to, if you are enslaved by unforgiveness, yeah. if something has come to your mind, if you, if, if you had those feelings welling up in you, um, and the people coming to mind that those are the people that you need to forgive, then I would, I would encourage you right now to go to the Lord in prayer, and ask yeah. him what he would have you do, lay that before him, and you're probably going to need to go talk to that person. Yeah, You're probably going to need to take whatever steps um, that you don't want to do. Uh, whatever comes to your mind right now that you don't want to do, but you feel like you should, that is the Holy Spirit prompting you through conviction to do that. And so uh, unforgiveness is uh, it's an enslavement. Yeah. And it will hold you uh, for as long as you let it, because God has given you the tools, and He has given you the um, the ability to lay that at His feet, yeah. and He will take it. He will take it from you. Yeah. And like we said, you may have to do that a lot Every of times. Day, intentionally. But and it's a progression of, of understanding um, a God and understanding how much He has forgiven yeah. us, and uh, and it's a powerful thing to to learn forgiveness. And I think that when we do forgive and we go on that journey of forgiveness, of moving towards forgiveness, uh, it becomes more and more overwhelming how much 
Jesus has forgiven us. When we think about what we've done and the ways that we've hurt other people and rejected God at different parts of our lives and sinned against Him and turned against Him, and um, it's it's the way that God has chosen to uh, to teach us, yeah, and to mold us. Uh, just, I mean, real quick too. My favorite thing in forgiveness in the Bible. If you're reading through the book of Jonah, man, he like he has every right to be mad at the Assyrians. The Assyrians are taking his people, are God filleting what? I'm talking about God. No, Jonah. Jonah. Jonah okay. has every right to 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 be All mad right. at, at the Assyrians. They're taking his people. They're filleting them alive in front of people. Like just gruesome stuff. And it's very clear. And, jo- Jonah hated them. Oh, Jonah hates them. Yeah. And Jonah, Jonah goes through, and I, I, I say he kind of gave like a, a pitiful message. Yet in forty days, Nineveh shall be overturned. Nothing about repentance. Nothing about that. He goes up on a hill. Right. He, he whines even, about it. Yeah. He cries about it. And the last question there is Jonah. Uh, God gave Jonah a, a tree, a branch to to cover him from the sun, and then he called a worm to come and eat it and destroy. And Jonah's like flailing on the ground like a toddler. Yeah. <laughs> saying all this stuff and he's and, literally saying he wants yes, to die he wants to die but he's throwing a little pit like a, yeah. a fit and the lat like the last question is jonah if you have a right to be if if you're angry about a tree that you did nothing for then shouldn't i be able to forgive these thousands of people and their cows like shouldn't don't don't i have a right to to forgive these people and i mean it just drives home forgiveness is hard it's hard to do it but god desires that no one should perish and that all come to reconciliation to forgiveness of him so shouldn't we do our part to orchestrate that for on god's behalf on Mm -hmm. god's purposes and he's not slow and he's not slow for it. he's patient yes yes i I don't know how many times I've said this, but if you read through the Old Testament yeah. and people always say God of the Old Testament is this mean, judgmental no, character. No. If you read through it, you will get a long ways before God does something yeah. that cannot be counted as gracious. Yeah. It, there are so many times where he, uh, if I were God, yeah. I would have acted in a yeah. much more harsh way. And then we have this moment on uh, on, on the mountain when um, Jesus comes before Moses, and it says, mm. "It's this. It's confusing how it's actually laid out, <laughs> but it's pretty much Jesus announcing about the Father, and he's yeah. declaring uh, things about God the Father. Yeah. And the first thing he says is he talks about his um, his abounding love." And uh, what's what's it? Um, merciful and slow to anger. Slow to anger and merciful. Bound Those are the life. first things he yep. says about him. And so when good. you read through the Bible and you hit that point, you're just like, yeah, yeah, yeah that that's, makes sense. That's yep. how he. That's how he's been <laughs> acting this whole time. Yep. These people have been so dumb, yeah, over and over, and he just keeps being loving to them yep. and saving them, and w- even when they. You know, even with Cain and Abel, like, God did not give him what he deserved. No. Gave him a mark should, to protect him. To protect him. He should have... That And that was after he was whining. Yeah. 
Like he should have been killed on the spot with a bolt of lightning for murdering his brother. And he wasn't. And all these Bible stories, Jonah uh, included is it's a picture of how loving and patient God is with them. And I'd like to think, you know, that Jonah learned something through that, but the book just ends and we don't know. Yep. I'd, I would really like to think that. Yeah. I, I'd, I'd really like to, um, you know, we see the same thing with Nebuchadnezzar mm. in the book of Daniel. Yeah. And he's at the, the whole book of Daniel, he's doing this flip flopping of pride where you know he builds a statue of themselves and he throws uh the the three of them into the fire and then he uh he declares that everyone has to worship this god Mm -hmm. right but it's clear in his words that he's not really there yet right then he um but then he becomes very prideful again right and god curses him to act seven years as a beast Mm -hmm. and then when he comes out of that he praises the Lord yeah. and humbles himself, and that's the end. Yeah. That, that's what we see of Nebuchadnezzar. So, uh, again, with Nebuchadnezzar, I hope he learned his lesson. Yeah. He definitely <laughs> learned things. Yes. Um, and, and the same thing with Jonah. Like we don't we don't see the end of their story, yeah. but we can see how God treated them. Yes. The whole time, and he was he was after them. He was loving them. Yeah. So, you have any closing remarks? Yeah, no, just forgive. I'm I mean, I'm thinking of of these things and as soon as you brought up in the beginning, tell me something that you had to forgive. I'm every single person has a story. Yeah. Every single person has somebody that that they need to forgive or they need to ask forgiveness of. Mm-hmm. Every single person. So man, like I I brought up Jonah because I'm like if God can for like if God can forgive, if if we can love these these things in our life that are meaningless, then why can't we put that energy into loving others the way that God has intended for us to do? Mm-hmm. Why can't we forgive? And it says he also forgave their cows. <laughs> like why why aren't we marked by forgiveness mm-hmm. if that's clearly what Jesus is? Mm-hmm. If Jesus is marked by forgiveness then we really should be too. Yep. So anyway, that's it. Um, come before the Lord this week in, in, in prayer and, um, and and see what the Lord teaches you about forgiveness. Amen. Amen. Mm-hmm.